0: Together, we empower people to live extraordinary lives.
1: We do want to warn you, if you hang out with us long enough, you'll start to believe in yourself and realize that you're capable of anything.
0: Enjoy Enjoy the the show. show. Hello, everybody. We are back with another podcast episode. I am Alexa. With me is Ambrosia. Hello,
1: everyone. How's everybody doing today?
0: How are you doing today, Ambie?
1: I'm doing good. Um, feeling, feeling all the energy shifts.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's been an interesting week already. It has been. <laughs> um, and we are joined by our beautiful, dear friend, regenerative agricultural agriculture consultant, Brooke Cornegie.
2: Hi, Brooke. Hello, ladies. Thank <laughs> you for the invite. I'm so excited about today.
0: Oh, we're so excited to have you here, and you're—it's cool because I—I I forgot until just now you're no stranger to the podcast world either. You have your own podcast. You help people make podcasts. Um, yeah, right. So we have a podcast pro on the show today.
2: <laughs> pro, like like six months and rolling pro. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> um. Well, Brooke. We are, we've been talking about having you on for a while. Um, you've actually been in one of our programs, and you've just, you have such um, amazing information about working with the land and growing your own food mm-hmm. and permaculture and all of these mm-hmm. things that I think is. It's kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people, strangely enough. Um, And so, foreign concept to me, for sure. Me too. For sure, yeah. (laughs) But it's this topic that's really coming to the forefront now with with all these kind of changes that are going on in society. So we'll definitely get into all that. But before we do, we would love if you could just, you know, share a little bit more about yourself and your story and how you came to do what you do.
2: Well, sure. Um, Sure. So, uh, I've been someone who's always followed my heart in making decisions. I've kind of, I feel blessed in that way that I've always gravitated toward that way of thinking and living. And when I was in college, I sort of had this this vision of um, community and people living together, people planting together, sharing resources. And that kind of guided my educational path to um, agroecology, sustainable agriculture. Mm. Um, Yeah. So, After graduating uh, from graduate school with a Master of Science in Sustainable Systems, where I focused on agroecology, I headed to Africa with the Peace Corps to a little country called Malawi, uh, and I worked with the environment sector to um, assist villagers and teach about um, soil conserving farming practices. When I came back, I moved back to Boone, which is my favorite place in the whole wide world, and I was hired as a Sustainable Development Department teaching a research farm manager, where I taught class, and I developed a sustainable agriculture living laboratory. And so students would come to the farm, they'd work in the dirt, they would learn about the processes, we'd learn about all the different aspects, which are, you know, it it would take a long time to know everything there is to know about about agriculture, it's a pretty big field. Um, But last year, I began my podcast called Soul Soil, Where Agriculture and Spirit Intersect, and I get to talk to my heroes. I get to email them and say, I'd love to have you on the show. So I have this great excuse to just call people up and have amazing conversations. And I ask them all sorts of questions about all the connections between humans and nature. Mm. And uh, do you want to hear the mission statement? Yeah. yeah. It's uh, Soul Soil Podcast is a place where ideas, experience, and resources come together around the topics of agriculture and spirituality with the goal of inspiring and empowering listeners interact and cooperate with the land in a way that nourishes and sustains the human body mind and soul while regenerating and sustaining the land itself i like that a lot of words yeah Yeah.
0: but it really has that image of just like connection and cycle like giving and Mm -hmm. receiving back from the land
2: right and we're we're, here from that we're pretty disconnected from that these days as a as a human culture in the in the you know, the evidence is everywhere. But um, what I do now is I help people rebuild their connection to Mother Earth by guiding them through the process of permaculture design in order to cultivate both their inner and their outer landscapes. Um, and I do this by holding virtual classes on a number of growing related topics um, to help people gain the confidence to actually get going through. Um, And it's also through the lens of energetic and spiritual connection with nature. So um, that's my jam. That's what excites me and lights me up. Um, And I also hold these one-on-one consultations to help, you know, walk people through the process.
0: Yeah, Yeah, beautiful. Well, everybody, first of all, let me just go back to Facebook right now because we're live. Uh, Matt Sutherland says, permaculture. Yes, yes, yes um Lindsay says hi ladies it's been immense as i could catch a live looking forward to this episode uh <laughs> good morning heather says i love that name soul soil me too mm-hmm. such a good podcast name oh, and thanks. and could we you know maybe we can like back up a little bit and for those because i'll be honest when i when i first heard about permaculture i was like I needed to understand more about it. It didn't come, I, I didn't automatically know what it was. So can we talk a little bit about what that is? What does that mean, permaculture?
2: Absolutely. Permaculture is, um, so it came out of Australia with um, a fellow called Bill Mollison and his his student, David Holmgren. And it comes from the two words, permanent and agriculture, and also permanent and culture. So it's about sustaining culture through agriculture because you know all the great civilizations that have risen and died have misused and abused their soil look at the middle east it's a big desert that was the fertile crescent that was the cradle of civilization and it is now a desert um so cultures that don't respect and nourish their soils eventually are are kind of doomed to that that desert fate um so what permaculture does is it enlists the help of natural elements so nature on its own in the wilds is completely balanced nature. We don't yeah. have to do anything for a forest to grow and be super healthy. But when we start meddling in the case of agriculture, we, you know, we used to be hunter gatherers, but we're interacting with that natural state of nature. But now we're like, we're going to, we're going to plant ourselves. We want our own security. We don't trust nature's going to provide for us. We have to have our own security and, and um, you know, we need to have that um, locked down. So we began Clearing the land, interrupting the natural processes, planting things that we wanted them to grow, so we would know they were there year after year. Um, what permaculture does is take the natural elements in a homestead and a farm system, and it it capitalizes on its natural functions. What it automatically wants to do. So you hmm. take the elements like um, a garden, like a pond, like a chicken run, like you know a house, like anything you would you would have. And you put them together physically, spatially, in a way that they can enhance each other naturally. So mm. the idea is to design yourself out of a job so you don't have to do as much work. Yeah. So um, real quick, the three uh, ethics of permaculture are, you know, care for the land, care for the earth, care for the people, mm. and then distributing the surplus, the three ethics. So when mm. you care for the land and you care for the people and you no one just sits on a whole bunch of You know, bounty and excess, they they spread it back around. Then the entire system is healthy and resilient.
0: Mm, I love that. That's really cool.
2: Permaculture in a nutshell.
0: So, So beautiful. It really puts into perspective. I even just how you described the desert. Like I'd never even thought of that. It's like yeah, when you're constantly mining things of its resources and interrupting the natural process. I mean, even it makes me think of the human body. It's like you know the ways we dehydrate the human body and we kind of like interrupt these processes that are happening to keep energy flowing and right moisture distributed and what, cause you know, we're, we're so much water. Like it's, it's right. interesting to think about there's so many reflections within nature and, and the body and other things, but, um, that's a beautiful way to describe it. And, um, I, I think, you know, what's interesting now with what's happening with coronavirus and just this disruption with like the, you know, the grocery stores and just things like that, Mm-hmm. is people are starting to realize, wait, I don't I don't have a connection with my land. Like mm-hmm. I don't really know. If I had to grow food, I don't really know how to do that. You know? And mm-hmm. so I tried. it's not as easy <laughs> as you think it would be. Yeah, it's Andy, not- didn't you uh, d- yeah, didn't did. you attempt?
1: I did. I still so here's my thing. Pretty excited about this, Brooke. I think you'll be really proud of me. It's very weird, by the way, that when I like planted everything. I was like, man, Brooke would be so proud of me right now. Like, I don't know <laughs> why. I don't know why. Anyway. Um, but so I'm planting everything and I realized that broccoli, like you have to pick it and a re- like, it's, it's a window. You only have a certain window and I didn't sure. pick it appropriately and it all wilted. And I was like, shit, so
2: it'll just like spread apart and become a whole bunch of flowers
1: yes yes so um it's now bunny food which is fine
2: (laughs) which is okay
1: well you know what else is
2: okay if you leave it there those flowers attract beneficial insects to your garden so it's not a total loss Mm. I already cut it you pulled it (laughs) (laughs) it could be compost too bunny food compost it's all good like-
1: oh goodness. Plugged but it's in. not going, I mean, it's not going terribly, right? We have strawberries, but there's definitely like, it's, um, it's trickier. There's like insects on it. And I'm like, what the hell is eating this? So mm. it's, it's about understanding that component too. It's definitely right. would benefit you to have someone help you. Mm-hmm.
2: If you ha-
1: know nothing about it, like I do, um, getting out there and just like putting your hands in the soil, you're just it's a it's a russian roulette game you know you might grow something but it might <laughs> You might not either so
2: you might not yeah there's uh, you know there's certain needs that you know plants have that you have to make sure are there. you need to have soil biology. Right. you need to have the, the mineral components in the soil for the biology to take up to get, then feed to the plants. Yeah. Um, when you have all that when the system is balanced, then you actually don't have the pest problems. you don't have the weed the weed problems. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have the fungal diseases when you have a balanced system and that's what, what the goal of a re- regenerative agriculture agro-ecosystem actually is, whether that's on a small scale or a large scale. Yeah, that's really neat.
1: Can I ask you something? It's a little off topic, but I think it's really interesting. Have you ever heard of um, a copper pyramid?
2: You've mentioned that before, and I haven't heard of but I know copper is very powerful in, you know, e- electromagnetics and grounding and, and tell me about it.
1: So essentially, I was um, reading about copper pyramids, and I kind of went down that rabbit hole for a couple of weeks, but... Um, I've heard that they help grow plants, right? So if your plants dying, you could put a, a copper pyramid on the plant and it'll help it regenerate, right? It'll balance it out naturally. So I wanted to test this theory out. So when the strawberries were just starting to, like when we first planted everything, Mm -hmm. I only put the copper pyramid on one group of them. And mm-hmm. that's the group that like flourishes with strawberries more. And then my basil started turning brown. So I put the copper pyramid on it and it came back to life. Well, clearly this is something I have to look into now. Thank it's you, really cool.
2: It's really cool. Oh, really. Well, you know, back in ancient Ireland, they had these hollow towers that they would fill with soil and the electromagnetic properties around that tower were different. And that has to do with that corresponds with the life force of the plants. So, you know, they were agricultural people like the rest of our ancestors mm-hmm. were. And different towers all over Ireland were filled up to different levels. Sort of like when you tap on a wine glass with a different amount yeah. of water in it. Yeah. Um, and then they, they created these these electromagnetic harmonies all across the island. And this is something I, I just came into my awareness here really recently with a podcast guest. But I think it, it's in the same vein.
1: Yeah. That's horses. really interesting. I love it. I love how... Um, I love how if you just kind of let everything happen, nature will balance itself out like the human body. It'll just kind of go back to homeostasis. Get out of the way. Exactly. Exactly. We've seen that with the coronavirus. Once the humans are out of the way, Mm. we'll try to go back to the way that it needs to be.
2: Oh, man. Oh, my
1: God.
0: Yeah. The plant life around where I live has been the most beautiful it's ever been. Like all these – like. Things that would be hacked away as, like, weeds, you know, they're developing into these beautiful, like, maybe they are a weed, I don't know, but they're beautiful. Like, it's, everything is just so, and the, and, yeah, like, the animal life around where I live is just so happy. I feel bad. I'm like, oh, you're so happy here, and I, like, don't want us to, like, come back and, like, interrupt this space.
2: Um, Carbon emissions are down something like 17% in three yeah, months? 17%, Slowly? Yeah. yeah. It's really cool.
0: And I think what I, you know, I had a TikTok go um, pretty viral about like all the positive things happening with nature um, mm. on this, like millions of views. And still it's getting all these comments. And what's so interesting to me is all the comments literally are like, we have to find a way to keep it this way. We have to find a way to keep like very
2: conscious give a glimpse of what mm-hmm. it can be.
0: Yeah, people very aware and conscious that like we're doing this, and like we yeah. need to find a way to not go back. And so, Brooke, I, I feel like what you're doing and this this um, this information and this way of life is a part of that. So how how if people were more connected with their land and maybe were growing their own food or were just mm-hmm. having a better relationship with it, how how could that help? the world and how could that help humans like as just beings
2: in their life? Mm. Um, I'm glad you asked that. And it's, if you don't have access to land, it's, it doesn't mean this conversation isn't for you. It means that it's a good idea to pursue um, places where high vibration, high nutrient dense food is grown. And that's Mm. typically going to be in your area farms, CSAs, farmers markets, things like that. Um, so even as you're growing and developing, you know something on your land. Even if you don't have land, just keep that flow of nutrients into your home, into your kitchen, to begin to realize these, these benefits. But um, the most immediate benefit people realize is an improvement in general mental wellness. You know, there's biological and electromagnetic shifts that happen when someone digs in the dirt or puts their bare feet on the ground. You know, there's that big um, grounding documentary out on Gaia right now, and it's super powerful. Um, and getting your hands in the dirt does the same thing. Um, yeah. so there, there's actually a bacteria found in the soil. It's called mycobacterium vaccine that when it enters the body via your, your naked, ungloved hands, it actually releases serotonin in the human brain. Really? So serotonin. Wow. It's the happy. Chemical. Awesome. It's, it's the natural antidepressant. It strengthens yeah. the, uh, the immune system. Um, but this just happens naturally and goodness. I mean, most people that's the last thing they want to do is get dirty. It's got such a negative connotation in our culture. They don't want their kids in the dirt. They don't like it.
0: I was just thinking, well, now that we're all washing our hands like crazy when we touch anything, is is that having an effect
2: like on? Absolutely. I mean, our our bodies are covered with this epidermis, which is, you know, uh, it's a symbiotic relationship. I mean, there's more alien cells in your body, bacteria and and other things than there are native cells. And that includes your, your, your skin microbiome and, you know, sanitizing your hands isn't necessarily a good thing. Um, If you have a healthy balance of sort of just like your, your gut micro microbiome, your gut floor, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You enlist the help of nature to keep yourself healthy because, and here's the thing, when you start interrupting what nature is doing, then it's on you to provide all those functions. Now you have the job. If you're going to step yeah. in and, and, and elbow your way into the system, then you have to provide the fertility. You have to f- provide the things that are going to deter pests. You have to p- provide mm. things that are going to attract pollinators and things like that. Um, yeah. So it's it's much easier to leave it to the natural intelligence to take care of it. And it's just I can sit on the couch and read a book instead of going out there, spraying whatever I think the plants need up, you know, that day. Mm. Um, but in addition to the serotonin, uh, another pretty neat bonus is the hit of dopamine that we get when we harvest from our gardens. Um, yeah, you know we're, we we have a history of being hunter gatherers, so when we pluck a strawberry or a tomato, uh, that dopamine is released in the reward center of our brains, resulting in this state of bliss or this this mild euphoria. Um, and it's the same actual effect that we get when we go shopping. So go figure.
1: Huh. Look well, at me was- saving my credit card. Thanks, Brooke. Thanks <laughs> a lot. Yeah. it was—you know what? I pulled an onion yesterday, and it was really fun. <laughs> I'm
2: like I made this. I did yes. this. It was really, really. nice. I mean, and you it- get that satisfaction of having nurtured, yes. uh, midwifed this little yeah. tiny plant to adulthood, and then you take it yeah. in your kitchen and you prepare it for your family and your your community. Um, so that's and pretty it- amazing.
0: It's also – because I, I don't have I, – I live on the eighth floor of, like, a pretty big condo building. So we have, we have a lot of space here. But – and we have this giant windowsill, like – and mm. now it's just green. The whole thing is covered in plants and herbs and all kinds of things that we use to cook. And so we've been working on it for a while. And – it's, it kind of blows my mind when I go over there. I'll walk over the window while I'm cooking and I'll pick some basil and I'll pick some rosemary mm-hmm. and I'll pick some whatever. And I walk away and I'm like, that's just going to grow back when I leave. Like, I leave and I go to the kitchen and now new, like, it's just going to regenerate itself, like you're talking about. Right away. And it it makes, it, it implements, it reinstates, it emphasizes the idea of abundance that that everything <laughs> is abundant that you know nature does that nature grows back
2: nature like, is naturally abundant yes. we're humans are the ones that, yeah. that introduced the concept of scarcity and lack yes mm-hmm. truly yes yeah um so um so <laughs> yeah. another benefit of course is the fact that that basil rosemary is pulsing with life you just picked it's still alive yeah um so, and, and you can't, you know, you can't buy that from the store. You know, store-bought food has just a tiny fraction of the nutrient profile of the foods that our ancestors ate, even a hundred years ago.
0: Mm-hmm. So...
2: You know the, the way that we farm now, um, the, the varieties of fruits and vegetables that we plant, uh, the chemicals we add to the soil that actually kills the soil life, and then humans try to figure out how to feed synthetic nutrients back to the plants. It is it's just—it's not there. It's sort of like robbing a, a beehive of its honey and replacing it with, you know, cane sugar water. You know, it's—it's yeah. it's just not same Mm -hmm. material, not the same thing.
1: Yeah. Now I do have a question. My grocery store has started doing um, the last time I went to the grocery store, they started doing um, like a local section. Mm -hmm. And so like you can pick produce from local farmers in the area. What are your Mm -hmm. thoughts on that?
2: Oh, that's much better than whatever they're going to be shipping in from, you know, the other side of the country or South America, or even across, you know, the ocean, Um, You know, food that is transported has to be picked before it's ripe so that it can withstand transportation. It it is not Mm. picked when it's fully expressed as a fruit or vegetable. You know, when you let something ripen on the vine, you have all the sugars and all of the phytonutrients um, there naturally. But when you Mm. pick a green tomato, stick it on a truck or an airplane, gas it to make it look ripe. I mean, you know what a ripe. That's what they do. Yes, they gas it to, to make it ripen, you know, en route, um, wow, and, and fruit that's ripened that way does not have anything close to what its potential is.
1: Yeah. The taste and just the taste alone. Yeah. Between a tomato that you have grown yourself or you've like a, like a, where you know where it came from right. and a tomato from the grocery store is like night and day. It's and crazy. Day.
2: Absolutely. Or a carrot, even, you know, do the carrot test, organic Mm. carrots versus conventional. I mean, that really has the sugars and you can really tell the difference, Mm. you know, Mm. Um, and and then when you have that nutrient dense food, our bodies, and this is the most beautiful thing. the thing I'm so excited about without the full profile of nutrients we need to perform the myriad of biological chemical enzymatic functions of our bodies, the more prone we are to illness, which is very important right now super important. We don't express our full potential physically, mentally, or even spiritually. But when our bodies have all the tools they need to carry out these functions, all of the the minerals, the nutrients, the living minerals, not just synthetic ones, um, our DNA is healed. That's where epigenetics comes in. Certain markers are flipped on or off and our DNA is whole and healed. And we can even begin to perceive more than the five or so percent of reality that is actually out there. So Mm, physicists tell us that 95% or more of reality, what's actually out there can't be measured with the tools that we have. And the Eastern traditions tell us that we are actually hardwired to perceive on all of these levels other than the physical plane. So when we can expand our awareness, it's going to affect the decisions we make. And ultimately Mm. it'll shift our human culture away from being dickheads to each other in the earth and toward, yeah. you know, community of resilience, harmony, regeneration, all the good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So to- that's kind of what I'm doing this for. Um, it's beautiful. Love Boom. it.
0: It's so, yeah. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. It's it's so important. Like I was just getting the vision when even when you're back, when you were talking about like gassing the tomato and stuff like that, how like why – First of all, why does that process happen? Because there's been this idea sold to humanity of like more, 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 you need so yeah. much like uh like uh quantity over quality, like just get it out the door. This like mass consumption idea, right? right? And the, right. and the idea too that we don't have the capability to create art to provide for ourselves, we need to buy uh, right. We need other people to contain that knowledge, and we are helpless, and we just buy and we rely, right, on them. It's empowering. Exactly, and so mm-hmm. what, what I see it at is at, at what I see this whole thing as is a. <laughs> I got it. Is a is a way to, like you said, yeah, bring the power back to us make us realize and remember that we know how to do this. This, this is in our DNA. This is, this is what our ancestors did. This is what we, we can do this, and we know how to do this, and we can, be, we can remember with people like you. Um, but also, if people start – doing this and working with their own land and planting their own gardens and eating their own food, one, yes, it will start a new way of healing, you know, Mm. from your food. Food is medicine. But two, it's going to help dismantle that whole system and that whole belief that's been sold to society that, oh, you need to, you know, it will heal the disconnection and we maybe we won't have giant grocery stores anymore. Hopefully we won't have giant grocery stores anymore mm-hmm. and people will work more locally. And um, and that will be a huge part of the reconnection of humans to Gaia.
2: And it's more resilient. What happens if one small thing in the supply chain is interrupted? I live in Boone, North Carolina on the top of a mountain. It's not a through fare to anywhere. You know, All the trucks have to come up the mountain and bring the food to us if mm-hmm. we don't have any sort of local food system in place then what if, what what if our highway what if someone TNTs our highway then that's it no food for our entire you know high country so it's mm-hmm. it, it's a resilience thing it's not just a i'm going to be spiritual and be one with the earth it's it's a i'm going to die without food if i don't know how to yeah. do it yes
0: you know, security thing
2: it. security for sure
0: um yeah. Lindsay on Facebook said, asked a question, What vegetables, fruit, and herbs do you recommend for a newbie?
2: Oh. Um, anything that you can grow simply and easily with confidence. Um, all, all plants need, you know, to have a balance of light, water, air, and nutrients. And once you have the technique down, you can grow anything. And it depends on where you are what kind of soil that you have, you know, um, Canadians won't be able to grow what Mexicans can grow and vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, It it depends on a lot of factors, but um, something that'll be pretty rewarding is to grow just a small patch of lettuce and radishes because they grow super quick. You can see them and harvest radishes in 28 days Um, or even indoors. Um, I don't want to pick up my camera and show you, but I have an indoor uh, shop light hanging from my ceiling with alternating blue and like cool and warm bulbs. So shop mm-hmm. has like four places for bulbs and underneath it, I've got microgreens growing. I've got my tomato starts growing. So um, you can use that like as sort of a, in place of a greenhouse, but you can also just grow greens right there in your house without sunlight or windows. Mm. You just can get that, that light in place. And it's this little, you know, APA this little garden spot in your house that also has those benefits of just making you feel connected to nature. But you can grow, you know, like a braising mix of mustards and um, things like that. Or you can grow, you know, a lettuce mix and just cut and come again. So that's a super simple way to start, even in an apartment. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Uh, Oh, Lindsay said, I live in Southern California, crappy soil, but lots of light.
2: (laughs) Mm, well, I would start you saving grow a lot of stuff in Southern California and get yourself a little worm, worm bin and feed those little suckers, you know, your, your, your veggie scraps and start um, building up nutrients. Mm. Mm. To build wait,
0: a soil up. wait, oh, what is, okay. Wait. So to build your, you said to build your soil up. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about like a, a composting? Like composting?
2: So there's like, you can do the full on big bin outdoors sort of composting, or you can get a little worm colony. I have one right here inside of my house. It doesn't smell, it's a stackable upward migration worm house. But um, basically you feed it your scraps and the worms grow and you have a tray that's empty and you stick it on top and they kind of come up through and you add, you know, fresh material to the top. And what they leave behind is called castings. Worm poop is full of beneficial bacteria that enriches the soil and it helps form humus, Soil structure introduces microbes, soil life to your soil. So that is one super easy way that takes up one square foot of space in your your house um, that you can cycle nutrients on site.
1: So then you take the worm poop and Mm -hmm. you put it in your soil?
2: Yes. Or you can make a compost tea, take those microbes from the poop and uh, make it go a lot further. So a compost situation is when you take these materials, maybe some beneficial fungi from the nearby woodland, And then some soil bacteria from the worm poop and you aerate it like with a fish pump uh, overnight in a five gallon bucket full of water um, with some molasses and some other small ingredients. And then you have, you know, what was once this many micronutrient or um, beneficial bacteria is now this much bacteria. And you can just Mm -hmm. use that as an inoculant for any amount of space, really.
0: Wow. That's really cool just blows my mind that, first of all, it's awesome, and second of all, it that just illuminated for me how, like, everything serves such a purpose in this world, mm. and ev- even the worm, even the worm poop, especially <laughs> the worm, like, there, I feel like we have such a, um like, negative connotation with waste, you know, too, like, mm. we, there's so much shame around waste, yeah. and there's so much, like, like, just wanting to, you know, get rid of it or thinking that it's, bad or I don't even know, but really it's like worm poop has nutrients, like manure is used, you know, like everything like has a reason, has a purpose. Um, In
2: nature, there is no waste. There's no waste. It all gets cycled. It all has a purpose. Nature doesn't generate things that can't be broken by other things, broken down by other things. Only people do Mm. that.
0: Yes, Exactly. Uh, Alicia Turner says, "I love the way Brooke shares this info. It makes me feel like I can do it too."
2: Yes, you can, Alicia. You can totally do it on any scale that you like, and it's best to start small and get some confidence and not overwhelm yourself and just build year after year this way. Speaking
0: speaking of that, Brooke, do you want to share a little bit about how people, if you know they're watching and they want to learn even more about this, or they want to take this seriously and like really start to you know build this into their lives and and work with the land, how they
2: could work with you and learn absolutely. From you. Thanks for asking. Yeah, there's a lot of material out there about organic gardening in general. Um, but what I'm bringing to it is um, the the soul aspect, the energetic, spiritual, beneficial aspect. Um, I, I work with permaculture. I work with biodynamics, which actually is the science of bringing the life force into the soil, into the food, um, kind of esoterica, um, but also very scientifically based. Um, so my, so I, have a, I told you the, the, the podcast I have, um, my website is soulsoilpodcast.com, and I'm going to be coming out very shortly with a course. Um, You can sign up on a monthly basis, but basically once a week, there'll be a one hour lesson in some aspect of growing with a community of other people who are learning as well. Um, So once a week, plus a one hour consultation a month, that's going to be my offering. And if you sign up for three months, you'll have the full complement of information, um, 12 lessons that will give you the confidence to get going get started, to give you the background knowledge, to know the why, to know the how, where to source things, techniques, things that I've gathered over my career that I have found to be resonating with truth in life. Yeah. Beautiful.
0: And you're you're about to launch this, but for people who are like, yeah, I want in on this, can they like shoot you an email and tell you like, hey, like, is there a waiting
2: list? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm at info at com info
0: at Mm soulsoilpodcast.com. If this is something you're wanting to get in on, email uh, Brooke and tell her you want in. Um, And uh, we'll put this, we'll put that email in the show notes and we'll put a link to your podcast in the show notes as well, Brooke, so people can follow you. Super. Uh, Yeah. Any, any, uh, anything else in terms of uh, things that you really want? People to know. Matt Sutherland says biodynamics, even more, yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I hear you, Matt. I'm on the same wavelength, buddy. Give me a call. Um, Just basically, so I had the most amazing conversation with a podcast guest the other day, and I loved his takeaway. It was that we have been, it's easy to think that humans are bad for the earth, given the situation right now. Taking us out of the equation has let the earth improve and regenerate. But really, when humans begin to work with the Earth in a way that benefits both of us, both entities, then it can really go far in healing. I mean, the Earth wants to mm. work with us; she wants us to come to her and be uh, collaborative. Mm. So there are ways to make huge strides in in all areas in the natural arena and the human arena, but by, by working intentionally with nature. And it's not that we should just blow ourselves into the atmosphere, into space and just try start all over again somewhere else. It's, <laughs> it's about there's a way to salvage this. And it just takes mm. a little bit of know-how and some, some willingness.
0: Mm. Yeah. I love that because it goes back to this idea where w- the human concept of like, Oh, I'm done with this. Like forget it. Let's just start over. Like let's just blow right. this up and start over instead of It's the same reason why people don't want to clean their closets, including me. I'm like, "Oh, I just uh, can I just get a new closet I, want I don't want to deal just with it." it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just because build a, because <laughs> yes, exactly. build a new house. Yeah, it's exactly. Let's just move. Because people have to de- people it's hard for people to turn back and look within and lo- and deal with their shit. And that's on a global level or planetary level. What's happening is we're now having to say, all look right, at our we shit. have to look at our shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and there is a way to heal once we do that is what I hear yeah. you saying.
2: Yes. Yeah. And that, that's a theme. Yeah. That's repeated, you know, in our in shadow work uh, and all of that. So yeah. you really you have to do the work.
0: <laughs> and you, you but, but it's said- joyful. Yeah. And you said earlier, you said, you know, like you're working your inner and your outer landscape at the same time. And that's right. truly, I feel like, I, I feel like lines. I've learned this from you is that when you're working with the land and when you're harvesting this connection and nurturing this connection, that it really is a way to work on your internal. It really is a mm-hmm. way to heal within while doing something on the the outside. It's, it's a parallel experience. Yeah
2: just like Justine said about your state of your house being a reflection of your inner state. Yeah. Same thing. Same yeah. thing.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, love it so much. Brooke, thank you so much for coming on. This has been so refreshing.
2: I love speaking to you guys all the time. I love your audience. You know, I am. I'm part of your community. Um, mm-hmm. I listen all the time because I I resonate with this tribe so deeply. And I love what y'all are doing in the world. And I'm so grateful mm-hmm. to have stumbled across you by accident.
0: Yeah. thank
1: so you. So grateful that you stumbled <laughs> across us too. And so grateful that what you're doing in the world, like it's really benefiting so many beings. So thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Thank you. And I think I'm going to put myself on that waiting list. Cause I'm really, that's exciting stuff. Cool. I need help, girl. And if <laughs> I got you can teach me, that's even better. <laughs> Maybe teach my husband so he has to. No, I'm just joking. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Bring um, him in the room. Yeah, we'll, t- well, both of us will be there. That'll be nice. That'll be great.
0: Yeah. Um, actually, Lori says just found the web page. Maybe she means for your podcast. I'm not sure, but people are looking for you. So yeah, we will put we will put all Brooks information in the show notes. You'll be able to find her. Um, and, uh, and by
2: the way, it's not updated yet. So if you're looking for that course it'll be up within the next few days. So, um, cool. you know, shoot me an email, tell me you want me to let you know when it's ready and I'll shoot you back an email and let you know.
0: Yeah, mm. awesome. So exciting. Thank you so much, Brooke. And thanks, yeah, thanks. Yeah, Lori said yes, Brooke's page. Thank <laughs> you for, I echo Am- what Ambie said, thank you for doing this work because there's not, it's important to have someone that's as passionate as you are and genuinely loves it so much to do this because as you, as I can see from the response on Facebook, it, it just lights everybody up and gets everyone excited and feeling like this is doable versus yeah. this is
2: daunting or I don't understand it. So yeah. thank you. Well, I will hold your hand and show you how to have small wins and build that confidence
1: so yeah. important we,
2: we so can important do this things. we're it, it's in our DNA it's built into our bodies we can do this <laughs> we can
0: do this we're all <laughs>
1: in this together and it's also really exciting for your its just really quick it's really exciting for your kids to watch this happen mm. oh it's the best you're activity teaching like yeah you're teaching them that it's possible and you're also teaching them to play in the dirt and get dirty mm-hmm. like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, something to think about really quick is our immune systems are super weak right now because we're not exposed to the good bacteria that we need. Right. So like Brooke said, when you put your hands in the dirt, it actually will help not only your mood, but it's helping your, your immune system regenerate and build when you go out into the world. So you don't get as sick maybe hopefully.
2: And not to mention the, um, the whole earthing effect of grounding your, you know, electrical charge into the earth, reduces inflammation, allows your mm, body's natural yeah. metabolic and hormonal processes to heal. It's just the same thing It's getting out of the way. You know, we have our electronics all day long. We're not, we're wearing shoes. We're indoors all day. Our ancestors did not have electronics or shoes, and mm-hmm. that's how they evolved to be so hardy and, you know. Evolved in the scheme of, you know, the world history to where we are now. Yeah. Let's not wreck it.
0: Yeah. One other other thing to piggyback on what you both are saying um, with the children, you know, and and involving them in this. I had this download about that the other day that's like, you know, when I was younger, I really didn't spend that much time outside. I I honestly spent a lot of time with the TV. And I just – I didn't really feel connected to nature. Now I really do. But um, I had this – download that was like, you know, if we had opportunities for our children to connect with Gaia and with nature on a way more regular basis where it felt really good to them and it felt like they could understand it and and they had they had their own connection then those children would grow up to be people that would never disrespect her because mm. when when you have a puppy and you have a connection with that puppy and you love that puppy you're never going to let anything happen to that puppy you're never going to yeah. put that puppy in it or damage that puppy you know and it's the same thing with nature i think i think we I can speak for myself, I just grew up kind of not really understanding. I just didn't really have that strong of a connection. Now I do, but it, I, I can look back on a lot of ways I probably mistreated her, you know. And so I think that um, if you can have that in mind of connecting your child with her now, that's going to yeah. change the world, you know.
2: Very good point. I mean, imagine having that innate knowledge, you know, from the get-go when you were developing and, and your, your neurons were, you know, learning how to, you know, connect in your, in your little brain. Um, having that, just even that spiritual energetic connection early on can benefit the way that a kid is resilient in the world of classmates and teenagerhood. They, they just have more of an inner resolve and in, in inner, you know, yeah. strength.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm,
2: that's so yeah. true.
0: Ah, I love this conversation so much. This is beautiful. Brooke, thank you so much for being here. You are such a blessing and such a light. And thank you all for watching on Facebook and all your beautiful comments. Uh, And uh, until next time, everyone, keep on blooming. Bye, everybody. Bye.